Hey, Tellweights. Uh, welcome back to Tellway Talk. This is Chris. And this is Casey. And we are uh, we're ready to talk about some more Star Wars. I mean, <laughs> really, it's it's a it's a common theme over Tellway Talk the last few episodes. I know. We know. Um, but it's it's something that we're really excited about. Um, and as busy as busy as I am, it's really the only thing I've really been able to concentrate fully uh, with my uh, geek radar. Um, I do because I love Star Wars. You love Star Wars, Casey. And, Definitely. You know, we we're ready for this new movie. Uh, we've been uh, you know knee deep in the new canon, and and really, um, I'm I'm re- I'm ready to talk about the comics today. Um, it's a huge part of the new canon. And there's there's so many titles that have been coming out since I, I don't even know when when did the first uh, Star Wars come out? I forgot. I think it was in May. That um, was like early 2015, right? Yeah. Okay. So maybe before that, maybe February. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was early on because now they're on. Yeah, they're on ten issues now. So maybe even January. Except they've been running it every other week. Sometimes some of them, yeah. But whatever it is, um, it's it's consistent. Um, we're already at, like you said, issue, issue ten, issue eleven in Darth Vader. Um, so we have a lot to talk about uh, in regards to the comics. But um, let's get it started with some news today. Uh, we I know we have we have so much going on in the world of Star Wars um, between toy hunting, Rebels, um, the books. Uh, where 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 are you at with all that case? Uh, I can tell you that I'm pretty much nowhere. Uh, I have not bought any of the new toys because today I went to Toys R Us, for example, and I was like, oh, let me see what they have. Uh, the only thing that I noticed that was new other than a bunch of games, like a, there's a Risk, there's a new chess game. Um, there was actually the Snap Together models, which I have not seen before. Uh, they have like a Snap Together Millennium Falcon, and behind it has like a light which is cool. Uh, new X-Wing, um, TIE Fighter, and I want to say there was maybe one other ship, and they're all snapped together. And um, I actually thought about getting one of those. They were 20 bucks at Toys R Us. I thought maybe at Walmart they might be a few dollars cheaper. And, and who, who makes those? I've not, I, I don't know if I've seen them. I've probably seen them, but not really paid attention. Dude, I don't know, because this is the first time. Like Toys R Us definitely has the more variety of all the places like outside of target and Walmart and everything. So, you know, there's a lot of kids stuff. Um, you know, they have both types of bobbleheads. Whereas like, I know in order to find bobbleheads, there's, or no, sorry, there's the Funko bobblehead. And then there's another type of bobblehead, which is like a little bit taller. I've only seen those at, um, Spencer's gifts, but at Toys R Us, they have both of them there and that's different. Um, you know, all the Hasbro stuff, like the constructed uh, lightsaber. There was a new type of lightsaber that I saw that was just a Kylo Ren lightsaber. So definitely since, I mean, I probably was at Toys R Us maybe a week ago, and there was a lot more variety that I hadn't even seen announced um, today. Like I said, those snap stamp together figures, though, really intrigued me just because I was like, well, it's not quite a Lego. It's not quite a full model kit. Um, a little bit in between of that, and I thought it was kind of intriguing, especially because I love the the look of the the black and red Tie Fighter for the the new First Order. 
Yeah, the, the Black Series one? Well, I mean, just from the new movie, like that oh. look. Oh, right, right with the, the I mean, red on it. Yeah, I did see the Black Series uh, TIE Fighter, which looked fucking incredible, and it's massive, and what did you what did you say our friend said, uh, Brandon? Oh, that he could you could put a kitten inside the cockpit. I mean, this thing's made to put two six inch figures in, so clearly, I mean, from what I've seen in, on on Facebook and Instagram, people holding up, it's just it's it's one of the biggest collectibles that um, you could have in your house. And you know, I'm really excited because mine just shipped today, um, continuing with the Black Series, and I. It, I just, I just feel like that since we had that podcast about Force Friday, that things have really changed um, on the shelves, and that um, Hasbro really does have um, a grasp on really how to handle the situation. Um, I've seen most stores I go to now. There's, there's countless Wave One figures. We're there starting- is, yeah, because I have, I have still. Not seen a Kylo Ren and not seen a clone trooper or a stormtrooper. I've, I've not seen either of those figures. I've seen stormtroopers. The Kylo Ren I've seen sporadically. It is definitely the rarer of the the bunch. But um, yeah, same with Captain Phasma. But you know the there's that. starting to be peg warmers. You know as as predicted, of course. I mean there always is. Um, but you. I, I really don't feel that there's going to be much of a distribution issue. Um, they've, they've promised this. I've, you know, I, I went to that twas the night before event. They said, this, this is something that we understand. We learned from Phantom Menace and, you know, and past endeavors that, um, that they would make this available. You know, Disney is going to put money into it. Hasbro is going to, you know, follow suit of who's paying the money to put it out. And I don't think that Disney will, will falter when it comes to making sure that we get the figures that we want. I mean, look at already. I wave two had just hit for the black series and I have all of them, but captain phasma so far, which of course will be the hardest one to find. Of course. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, but, so that's totally, but I'm sorry. One more thing. That's just, it just, it, it just proves a fact that, like, the other day I couldn't get the Guavian Enforcer. Then today you you shared that with me. It was available again. So it's – I think that um, the stock is there. It's just you have to be patient and and never pay, pay scale for prices. That's it. Well, it's funny because I sent you the link for the Guavian Warrior. And about 10 minutes later I sent it to my other friend, and she uh, – it was already sold out. Yes. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that because truly it was gone within 10 minutes. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully they keep showing up on Amazon. Um, that seems to be the place she got herself a um, flame trooper from, I believe Kmart coming in the mail tomorrow. She said, what size? So, six inch, six inch black series. Yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. She, she was like, on it she is as feverish about these as we are she bought all the first wave she bought all the fungo i mean she's i think we should have a we should we need to have a special guest on our uh our podcast yeah kara would love it she would do it um but um you were saying she had also gotten the um 
the Snowtrooper Sergeant. I I actually got mine the other day. Um, it shipped finally <laughs> yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I said Snowtrooper. What's that? I said Flame Trooper. You're right, Snowtrooper. Oh, you meant that one, the Toys R Us exclusive. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. No, that I actually finally got um, a couple of those for myself. It took a while. <laughs> Trust me, but uh, those were uh, those were definitely sought after, and that just kind of um, reinforces the the demand for these toys. That every time. You know, people are just waiting. They're just waiting and waiting, and waiting and waiting. And once something is available, it they're bought up. And it's it's really funny how fast they go. But it seems that the supply is there. They keep refresh. You know, they keep replenishing it, and eventually you're able to get your hands on what you want. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I'm glad that they're starting to see them because that that was our biggest thing when we did the podcast on, on farce Friday, but uh, I'm glad we're certainly <laughs> actually getting <laughs> Oh my goodness. And uh, so let's get into you want to talk about Rebels, right? How can we? Well, you can mention something that's not spoiler related if you like. I, I really don't know what to say. Um, besides get caught up so we can do a Rebels episode. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but it's it's a lot. It's awesome. This season is better than last season. Um, lots of surprises. It's just it's a lot of fun, and it's it's cool to see this aspect of the Star Wars universe. And, yeah, I've heard um, only good things, and we can get into it more later when we talk about you know the Kanan comic. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Please, uh, well, just watch it, please. So I, it's just, <laughs> I don't know if you remember what it was like to plan a wedding, but <laughs> I do. I will. I will be. I will be there very soon. Very. Soon. It's. It's not my fault. You decided to plan a wedding in the year that Star Wars blew up again. Yeah, I know. Seriously, blowing up like the Death Star. Death Star. Uh, <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, just like what happened. We so the last episode that we did was the same day that the trailer dropped. Yes. Um, in a twenty-four hour time period, we saw a hundred and twelve million downloads of that trailer. <laughs> like. The the biggest trailer, obviously, of all time. Yeah, um, mind blowing numbers right there. The others, because I mean, you know, we could talk about it. Like, like us, like you and I, we watched it numerous times. I watched it. I'm I'm probably at least at twenty times, just because it's amazing. It's mesmerizing. <laughs> I to, yeah, I had to pour over every frame. Then I watched the supercut many times where somebody mashed all the trailers together and put them in chronological order. And then I watched at least 20 times so far or more. Somebody isolated the score out of it. And I just watched that. Well, rather I just listened to it nonstop, but it was on YouTube. I needed to actually download it off of YouTube. Um, awesome. Oh my gosh. So 
Uh, also, just a oh, note. If let me you, ask you: Have you uh, pre-ordered that soundtrack yet? No. Can you? Yeah, I, I pre-ordered mine. I pre-ordered it on CD because I love. I'm getting that on CD to add to the rest of my uh, Star Wars soundtracks. It's no, I didn't even know you could already. Uh, yeah, it's, where did you pre-order it from? It's on Amazon. You can uh, pre-order it. It's it comes out the 18th. Um, so you get you get okay. the movie. You get you get the music next day. You get the you get all the books that are going to hit that day. So um, it's exciting. Yeah, that's where you get like the making of the art of the Force Awakens comes out. The uh, visual dictionary also comes out then. I pre-ordered the the stories of the backstories of the book that tells us backstories of Poe, uh, Ray and Finn. Uh, I forget what that book is called, but it's similar to, I think it's like, I think Greg Rucka is involved in that. So, which is interesting because we'll talk about that later in terms of shattered, uh, shattered empire. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I will be doing that probably in the next, after we get off this podcast. <laughs> I don't. I don't see any reason why I would not do that. Um, John Williams. Actually, I just did it now. It's one click. I, I got it. It's done. You just pre-ordered it. Okay, so out of the way. Oh, so some other numbers though. I wanted to talk about regarding the trailer. Um, so the trailer: 112 million downloads in 24 hours. Um, Fandango and the rest of the people said that this is obviously the biggest pre-sale tickets of all time um the previous whole like number one spot was uh the hunger games the first hunger games and this beat it like eight times over um they also sold i want to say six or seven million dollars in imax uh tickets for the first night or the opening night um that's that's not including non-imax so, God, I don't know if those numbers have been released or if they're still tailing them or what, but um, like that's not counting all the regular 3D theaters and 2D theaters and all that stuff. So, um, like when those people came out, there was an article, I think it was in Forbes um, a couple of months ago, and it was like, oh, Star Wars, it's not going to be... You know, it's just going to maybe be below Avengers or whatever. <laughs> this movie now, it it probably will do Avatar money. If it doesn't, it's, I mean, Avatar is $2.6 billion. It's got to come very close to it. I, it's going to beat Avatar. That's my prediction right now. Um, I don't see how it couldn't. You have to think about the... It couldn't the, if it's bad. Yeah, you're right. That's it. Like that's it. Like if people who are right. hardcore fans uh, don't like it, um, if it doesn't get new people into it, um, if there's people who are like, eh, Star Wars thirty years ago, eh, everybody's old, eh, like yeah. that's how it won't do it. But if it's people who see it and then go, oh my god, you have to see this, like they did with Avatar, like they did with the first Avengers, then it will do more than Avatar. You're right. But it has to be, because you and I, we're doing a podcast on this. We're going to see it. We're, there, our money is literally already paid to them right now. Twice it's over. The, right, twice over. It's the people <laughs> who, um, 
you know, watch that football game who aren't the normal Star Wars, uh, you know, goers who are going to be like, you why know, is it so special. Why is it so special? And I think what it's going to be really is those words that are in the trailer that Han says, you know, the legends are true. I think people are going to be like, holy shit, this, this is Star Wars. <laughs> they are all true. That I, I want to know about the light side and the dark side because of that trailer. So, you know, it was a good idea putting it um, in a football game. It was also good that, you know, Disney owns CBS or ABC or ABC. I think it's ABC that, that ran the football game, so it's free advertising for them. <laughs> Disney owns ABC, which owns ESPN, which owns right. the world. So, so, yeah. Um, but interesting. You're you're going to see it at the Alamo Draft House, right? I am. Um, the seventeenth, uh, that Thursday, which is my birthday. Happy birthday to me! <laughs> right. It couldn't. You know, I don't know how else this could have ever worked out perfectly. I mean, seriously. But enough talk about that um yes so i'm going to see imax 3d on the 17th and then the next morning i'm going to alamo draft house which is in yonkers new york uh which i have the great opportunity to go see it there because not only is it a great environment to see the movie in but we get those great mondo glasses um so and you've never gone to alamo i have never your face melted my friend yeah, I, I don't know what's wrong with me that I have not gone there yet. Um, but yeah, this will be my first experience, and I'm sure not my last. No, Alamo Draft House is like when I went in there, I immediately thought this is where I want to be. <laughs> like, I there is no better movie going experience that I've ever had. Like, I love the AMC theaters now that they have the recliner seats. Um, if they work, well, they do in Rochester. We don't have a bunch of shitheads but it's you know it's nice it's it's, it's beautiful but like the animal draft house they have drinks there um the theater itself is like themed some way the one that i went to was planet of the apes themed and like the drinks are are built around the movie usually i wouldn't be surprised for the one that you're going to like, not only you got the glasses, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a star Wars themed either food item or drink item. Um, and like the seats are comfortable, the, you know, you have alcohol there you have and dinner and you're watching a movie in an awesome digital theater. And the previews that they play are weird ass previews, at least for the ones that I saw, like they weren't like, the normal, you know, like you're going to get like the Revenant or Civil War or whatever. I mean, I'm sure they'll play those too, but you'll also get like those weird indie movies that we watch from like, you know, Korea and shit like that. <laughs> so just amazing. And I, I, I really think that's such an important part of um, the film industry to have a place like that. And you went to the original one, right? In Austin? Yeah, I went to both. There was... Um, well, I mean, like the original one, and then there was a one that was literally out back of my hotel, which was like a new one. It was like pretty, like maybe six months old. So, oh, cool. yeah, it was, uh, I can understand why people rave about it. And I wish there was one here in Rochester, New York, but maybe someday, <laughs> maybe I'll bring it here. There you go. Uh, so the last piece of, um, 
news-ish information that I, I wanted to mention was uh, there was recently an interview with, um, I'm going to murder his name. It's Ty something, but he's the little kid who's in uh, Jurassic World. And um, I think he was, he was in Iron Man 3 yeah, with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Uh, so he's working on an indie movie with Colin Trevorrow which they just got off of Jurassic World. Now he's doing this indie movie. Colin Trevorrow is going to be directing episode nine. Eight. So they is he? I thought he's no, he's nine. Who is eight? Um, not him, dude. So it's Gareth Edwards doing. Uh, what's this called? Wrote one. Yep. Uh, director. Hold on, hold on, everybody. I don't think they announced the director for nine. Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, Never mind. Yep. So Trevor was doing nine. The final. Yeah, Trevor was doing nine. So. So him and that 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 kid are hanging out, making bad movies. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Him and that kid are making movies that make billions of dollars. You're right. And I'm sorry. um, I, I'm sorry, but if you throw dinosaurs on the screen, it's going to make money anyhow. It doesn't make it a good movie. I completely agree. I don't think it's a bad movie, but I don't no. think it's a billion-dollar movie. Um, I'm sorry, but Star Wars will take a massive deuce on top of that one. So. Of course. So, anywho, interviewers talking to him, blah, 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 Jurassic World, and then he... They're like, oh, you know, what do you think? Like, are you going to keep acting? You're you're young. Like, you want to keep this as your career? And he was like, well, I could tell you right now that if I gave up today, at least I'll be a Jedi. And the interviewer was like, what? Yeah. And he was like, what are you? What are you saying? And he listen, was like, listen, if don't, I think that maybe we should tie this in with when we talk about Shattered Empire with our little predictions about what happened at the end of Shadow Empire and what that leads to down the road. Because if you're saying this kid's to become a Jedi in episode nine, he's a young kid. He's a, he's a nine, I think right. now. So by the right. time of they'll start shooting 12. in the next two, three years. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. He'll be a preteen. Had a one. Uh, that is to be decided, but Here's the thing. This kid could be saying he just wants to be a Jedi, but it's a weird fucking thing to say. Working with Colin Trevorrow, maybe Colin Trevorrow is like, yo, bud, you and me, we're doing, yeah, like Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio, man. They're they're just best friends now. So if he's like, hey, bud, you want to be a Jedi in my movie? Because you know they got that shit mapped out. Lawrence Kasdan's got it mapped out at least through nine, if not further. Um, if that's what they decide to do. So, um, yeah, just, I thought that was very interesting and, uh, telling kind of thing. I, and he didn't, he didn't say like, do you know this? Like the interview asked him and he was like, well, all I'm saying is, you know, there's a good possibility. That's what the kid said. Why not? I mean, it, it's these it's the smartest route to go, especially since we're talking about that Han clearly says in this trailer, the Jedi and Sith are myth. Nobody knows about them. 
not this 30-year period that happens after Return of Jedi. So Luke is obviously either Kylo Ren or in hiding or what the fuck you want to doing. Right, right. But so the obvious next step is, oh, hey, if these Knights of Ren are running rampant around the universe, fucking things up, that First Order is going to be blowing your planet up. Um, then Luke needs to come out of hiding and start a Jedi Order. So him and Leia start doing some training in Episode Eight. Da da da. It starts to build, and then all of a sudden we see uh, like a whole new Jedi Order by the end of Episode Nine. Let me let me paint this scenario to you. I I thought I just painted it like fucking dead. You don't no, no, but I have a. But <laughs> you, went, you went further. Out. Your your scenario is fine. I like it. It was a good painting. I'm okay with it. Um, Kylo Ren comes after Finn. He's got the lightsaber. Finn's freaking out. Hey. He's about to strike. He's about to strike him. And then Anubis shows up. Anubis, <laughs> you're not in this movie. No, Anubis not in this movie. So then you see right before he strikes him, green lightsaber comes, blocks it, and Luke looks to Finn real quick and he goes, <laughs> I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to save I'm you. I'm here to rescue you. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I got pizza. Could, <laughs> could you imagine that? That would be awesome. I I thought about that the other day, <laughs> and I go, I actually I gave myself goosebumps. <laughs> I would crack the fuck up if that happened. You wouldn't crack up. You'd cry. You would instantly start tearing up. I would. I, to, I would laugh and cry at the same time. You would laugh, crying tears. So and shit myself. Just a little bit of a. Hey, if you listen to if you're listening to us right now, um, tweet us <laughs> at dfattowel. <laughs> Let us know what you think of uh, that idea. But <laughs> I I think it'd be genius. I think that's more feasible than seeing Kylo as uh, Luke Skywalker, yeah. which I think is ridiculous. But um, if you guys have some prediction of what you might see in, in that scene or how Luke's going to emerge, uh, we'd love to see it. Put us put it on our Facebook wall. Uh, put it on our Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I think that'd be hilarious. I, I have something to say because it, it really supports the idea that um, that they're looking to do kind of the opposite of what they did with the EU and try to stay away from as many as that many as like correlations that you can draw to it or whatever you want to say. Um, because as we get into the comics, I have this theory that we see a lot of these character-based comics. You never really saw that when it came to Star Wars comics in the past with Dark Horse. They were more like, you know, Empire or Rebellion, you know, um, Dark Empire. It was always overarching stories, but never really character-driven like um, I really feel like the new canon comics are. And, you know, to draw a parallel to that, um, why would they make Luke Skywalker a villain? They did that in in the in the EU, they did that multiple times with Dark Empire. Um, his 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 lore to the dark side because it's learning why his father became so involved in it. Um, what what really seduced him, um, and then you know ultimately conquering it. But I just I don't see them wanting to draw any kind of parallels to what has been done in the past. Out of the EU, you mean? Right. I mean, you okay. can. I mean, there's okay. there's things you can borrow. There's things you can kind of copy. But why why follow the same formula? 
and I really feel that with these books and with these comics, it's a totally different feeling than I than I had way back then um, when when that was being established. No, I, I completely agree. I felt like back in the day, no, no dissing, uh, you know, what came before. Because, like, oh, no. I would say for me, uh, Shadows of the Empire, obviously we've talked about it many times, how it's, like, one of the greatest books ever written, let alone a Star Wars book. But that feels like it would still fit into this new canon because you are still seeing more character things. Obviously you're seeing that whole side of Luke. You got the swoop bikes, you get him constructing the lightsaber. Then you got the, the Leia and uh, Chewie and dash like doing their thing. Like that one feels more like fitting in, but there's a lot of other stories that like are just stories that take place with these characters. Whereas this is like, these are these characters and these stories are building around them. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it is. It feels a lot more opposite of what they used to do with the EU back in the day. And not that I have anything. I mean, I love the fucking Timothy Zahn's. I love that whole thing. Um, I like Tales from Java's Palace. I mean, those are fun. Well, let's get into it. You well, know, right? Well, before we, before we do, I just you know, kind of as we as we move into this this um, topic of the comics, I just you know. As a diehard, like serious, serious Star Wars fan, that um, you know, I've I know that like if if there was a doctor in Star Wars at one point, I probably should have had it. Um, but uh, like, I mean, this is this is my obsession throughout my entire life, and to be able to accept the fact that they threw out these stories that I grew up on, right, and still be to be accepting of you know what's to come, really kind of if you can't do that then you're not really a Star Wars fan. I, You have to be able to understand that if they're going to build this new universe, that there's no way you could be bogged down with all of those stories from the past. Um, so it, it really was um, probably probably one of the most intelligent thing that things that they could have done to um, bring Star Wars over to Disney, away from Lucas, and create this new universe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had to. There was no way to... <laughs> where they're going and, and how they're they're doing the Marvel thing where hashtag it's all connected, uh, this is the only way that to do it, is to strip it down and say what you knew, you don't know. Though, if you love the movies, you know, you're, you're good. Um, one thing that they have been doing really good on and it's been talked about in like a lot of other podcasts I listen to, like Jedi Council, Jedi Alliance, Jedi Alliance, far, far away. Is that um, these these comics? Like people will be like, "Well, you know, do I have to read the comics? Do I have to read the books in order to understand what's going to happen in the movies or in Rebels or, or whatever? Do I have to watch Rebels?" And you don't. Nope. I don't think that it's going to take away from your experience when you go and see force awakens. I do think that reading a comic that features Poe's parents, um, is going to enhance your viewing a little bit. You know what I mean? Cause you're going to have a little wink and nod and be like, Oh, I, I know where this guy comes from a little bit. Um, but you know, to my fiance who 
doesn't read any of that shit, uh, she's going to be fine. She's going to be like, wow, that was a really cool movie. Oh, you know what? I wonder about Poe's parents. I'm going to be like, well, why don't you read this comic? <laughs> so, you know, it just... And, uh, and the star- exactly. And the Star Wars gurus like us can always point those in the right direction that, that want to learn more. And and that's the thing. It's Like you said, it, it just enhances the experience. It enhances the you know, the overall acceptance of Star Wars into the, into society today, because if, if Star Wars can crash Fandango. Yeah. I mean, what has crashed Fandango in recent memory? Not even Avengers to crash Fandango. Well, huh? nothing has crashed Fandango. Correct. Um, and actually that was one of the last things I did want to talk about before we go into the comics real quick was uh, starwars.com issued out a statement and it was a really, really cool statement because um, it was a little bit businessy because it's a corporation talking to you and a brand. But they were like, you know, uh, like the emperor, like blowing up a planet or whatever. Like you guys crashed Fandango. And it was like <laughs> they made like, they made little. I don't know if they said that exactly. That's probably me peppering it, but little things like that. They didn't make it work into Star Wars and. Um, they were like, you know, thank you for your devotion. We really appreciated your your reaction trailers, um, your memes that you made. Like, we watched them all. We loved them all. We could not be here without you. And it's your support that makes us do what we do. And, like, that was, like, they don't have to do it. They could be, like, fuck you. I got your money. I don't care about you. But, like, if, if anything that I will say because I actually do believe that George Lucas is the smartest man alive. Um, You know, whatever you guys want to say about the prequels, it's fine. But here we are having a podcast because he's the smartest man alive. And here we are about to crash Fandango because he's the smartest man alive. But Hey, without prequels, the Clone Wars would not have existed. So, I mean, it's like, whatever you want to say, the guy still created Star Wars. He still created Star Wars. He created the marketing monster that is Star Wars. Exactly. And one of the things that he did was that he was an independent filmmaker, exactly. you know, and he held well, still, on to look, look, You have to understand that still Disney does not own episode four. Right. Right. That's, that's kind of the amazing thing about the whole, the whole aspect of, of star Wars. Now um, they can distribute it, but they don't own it. Yeah. And, and like nobody else has ever done anything like that or maybe will ever do anything like that. So the thing about George Lucas is that that spirit of independence is that he very much like, you know, he might've shit on the fans or whatever you want to say it with the prequels, but he did it for the fans. I mean, he made some changes in the special editions that were for him, but (laughs) it would not have become what it's become without his spirit of, I am doing this for me slash I am doing this for you. I, I get that. But at the same time, I, I wonder if it's more of the aspect that there's fans out there that want star Wars to be what they wanted it to be. So, do, did we fall into this, like, did we get mesmerized by Star Wars and how we wanted the whole story of Anakin becoming Darth Vader to be something that we wanted to be or that George Lucas wanted to be? 
Sorry about the interruption there, Towelites. Uh, we had a little bit of audio difficulties on uh, Chris and I's side, so what we're going to do right now is go into a commercial break, and then we'll get back to you with our talk on the uh, Star Wars comic book omniverse, universe, what have you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? <laughs> well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right again! Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! All this top 40 music is so boring. Jeez, I sure wish I had something geeky to listen to. Well, I've got just the thing for you, stranger. Who are you and how did you get in my house? Don't even worry about that. If you're looking for the latest, greatest, and geekiest podcasts around, you should check out Those Geeks You Know. Those Geeks You Know? Wow! Three friends talking about comic books, movies, TV shows, all the things that I geek out about. But seriously, you gotta leave now. Be sure to check out Those Geeks You Know on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody that you know. You, you gotta leave. I called the cops. There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowl.com, geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. I have awoken. You have truly awoken, yes. So uh, let's get into these comic books, shall we? I'm ready. All right, so let's start from the top. We got the Star Wars, or Star Wars. Um, takes place between episodes four and five. Luke just blew up the Death Star. And we got Jason Aaron writing it. Jason and Aaron from Thor and Doctor Strange. And it starts off with John Cassidy uh, drawing it. And now it's at Stuart Emoman. I am horrible with his name. Yeah, me too. What do you uh, What do you think of this comic? I I rather enjoy it. I, it's fun to see uh, the fallout after the destruction of the Death Star, and how Luke Skywalker is kind of revered as a hero, and he really wants to kind of grow. You know, his he wants to pursue his his destiny uh, to become a Jedi, um, knowing that. He has like force sensitivity, 
and as the hero of the rebellion because um, his land, you know, his his crazy antics against the empire blowing up the Death Star. But um, it's 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 an interesting parallel because they had the Vader series going along with it, and I think that it's fun to see both both sides. Yeah, I so I do enjoy this comic quite a bit. Um, and just so you guys know, like from here on out, if we haven't already done spoilers, spoilers for the rest of the episode. So if you are not caught yeah. up on the comics, I don't, I mean, if you don't care about spoilers, fine, but we, we are up to date with the comics. So we're going through issue, I believe it's nine or 10 of Star Wars in 10 or 11. Yeah. So, um, just so you guys know, this is all new stuff. Um, but the only thing that I do and do not like about this comic series is like, it jumps around quite a bit. So it's like, first you're following Luke, then you're following Han and Leia. And I mean, I guess, you know, they do it in the movies too. And then you go back and you do like the Obi-Wan story and then you're back again with Han and Leia for a couple of issues. Um, it's just not as consistent as the other ones. I, I guess you don't have a problem with that. I don't, um, because I. It's funny. It's funny you actually say that uh, because that's how, how I kind of feel like how aftermath is as well. Um, so I think uh, I really kind of feel like this kind of disconnected um, telling small stories within a um, smaller time frame and then going into an overall arc. Is, is something that they're um, exploring this time around um, to kind of just introduce, to really introduce more characters in a smaller time frame and, and not just concentrate on these, these heavy hitters, which they, they really are in the comics, not so much on the books. Um, but um, as you, as we'll talk about Shattered Empire in a little bit, um, kind of developing new characters for the new canon. In in the books they do. In the comics they really are I mean they're introducing some new characters, but they are sticking with the core people in the comics. Yes. Um I, but it, I guess no go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well I was just gonna say like Jason Aaron's a fantastic writer. Um I think it took him a little bit to get the voices of the characters down. You know, because we're used to how they sound in our head. It's, you know, Mark Hamill, it's Carrie Fisher, it's Harrison Ford. And I think it took him a little while to get that voice. But once he got it, I do think that they sound and act like how I would think they would in a continuing series. Um, Luke, some of the stuff he does is a little questionable because it's like, I get that you're force sensitive and I get that you are the beginnings of a badass, But like when he goes to see uh, Yoda and Dagobah, he really doesn't know anything. He hasn't even really wielded his lightsaber. And in this comic, you do get to see him do it quite a bit. And like, that's where I'm like, eh. <laughs> I, I mean, I kind of disconnected because it, you know, but like, it's hard when it's like, okay, I'm, I'm reading Harry Potter and then I go and see the movie and you know that they're going to be different. Whereas this is all connected and I'm supposed to accept all of it as canon to see Luke be a badass a little bit and then not see it, you know, in the next 
movie, I'm like, well, I don't know if he should be progressed this far. I don't know if he should be knowing what a holocron is. You know what I mean? It's like, really? That's it. Those are my, they are minor complaints. It is nitpicky fan shit, but that's it. I'm allowed to. And I have my own podcast. <laughs> that's right. No, I, I agree with you as well. Um, it's, it's, it's a fun comic. Like, yeah. Uh, so he, he just battles it out with Boba Fett and, uh, in Obi-Wan's, you know, bungalow there. And, and we're just, you know, he doesn't know who Luke Skywalker is in Empire Strikes Back. You know, so it's, it's, I guess you have to just be accepting of, of what they're trying to do in a way. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that out of all the ones that we're going to touch on, that's the one that I put in the most suspension of disbelief. Here's here's one thing, though. So Vader faces off against Luke in the comic, right? Right. And and he doesn't he he doesn't really it doesn't really add up with with Empire Strikes Back. In the fact that they try to kind of meld it into it, but what, like, he just doesn't like, oh, I have a son, you know, I can sense it now. And then becomes this big obsession. I guess, do you, can you really feel that backstory connecting to, um, what happens in Empire Strikes Back eventually? Where he's going to reveal that he's his father? That, you know, where he, is tasked by the emperor to, you know, hunt down Luke Skywalker. So the Vader comic, and I mean, we can go into it more unless you want to stay on star Wars for a little bit. No, I, or mean, I guess they're really intertwined. They are really intertwined. So I'll, I'll keep it on star Wars. Cause there's some, I mean, we want to talk about like Hansel's wife and shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Regarding Vader though, he's, my he's up there with my favorite of the ongoings. Yes. Um, and the reason why is because that to me feels like the character a hundred percent the whole time. I'm like, that is Vader. So his hunt for Luke and knowing that his it's his son. Now I do believe. And I also believe that it makes more sense to me in empire that he goes and makes that reveal to fuck with him. Like it, to me, like that whole situation, I, I believe it. Like some of the stuff that they're, like I said, some of the choices that they're making in the Star Wars comic, I'm like, this is just a little far-fetched. And like I said, we'll go into like the, the wife thing. But those, the choices that Vader makes and what leads him to Empire, um, because like, you know, we know that he's there to catch Luke on, on Cloud City. You know what I mean? But what led him to Cloud City? Here we go. You know what I mean? Like, these things all make sense to me. Right, because he would be, like, completely obsessed with the person yeah. who blew up the Death Star, you know, screwed him over. Like, like those rebels, Han just, like, shoots shoots him out of nowhere. Yeah. Luke blows up the Death Star, and, like, Darth Vader's floating around space for, like, six months. Um, right. I, you know, but... Um, the great thing about the Vader comic is the, the comedy relief that, you know, the dark comedy relief actually in that comic, um, those dro- the droids, the triple zero, 
He's just uh, ridiculous. Uh, the pro droid that loves to torture people. Um, <laughs> uh, and then there's the uh, Dr. Uh, what? Elf? Afra. Afra. Dr. Alpha. Um, so he, he, he hires his crew to, uh, do his bidding. And, um, it's, it's, it's really kind of a different perspective, um, on the whole Vader character as well. Well, it proves, it proves that he's very cold and calculating and is a, is smart and isn't just a lapdog to the emperor. Um, he has his own agenda isn't just a lap dog to whatever moth happens to be in charge or Admiral happens to be in charge, whatever. Oh, um, this investigator guy. Wow. I like the investigator guy a lot, actually. No, he's a good character. Yeah. I mean, they write, he, um, uh, what's Kieran, Kieran Gillen. He writes, uh, he writes a very good, um, you know, empire character. Um, and it's interesting to see that that they're even willing to spy on Darth Vader to see if he's, you know, turning against the Empire. Yeah, adding the idea of the multiple, um, I guess, like, lightsaber wielders. I won't say that they're, like, force-sensitive at all, but the Emperor is like, I have these people who could be your replacement. Just know that you're expendable. And I like that 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 whole thing echoes. It did it in Lords of the Sith, the book. Um, And now you're seeing it in the comic book, you know, like, I think that there's a lot of consistencies like, you know, and it's all connected as we mentioned before. So I like that a lot that the Vader character that you saw in Lords of the Sith is the Vader character that you're seeing in rebels is the Vader character that you're reading in the comics. And hopefully whatever happens, I hope he shows up in rogue one. I think it, it would only make sense to me um, if he does. And I hope he's fucking taking a lightsaber and throwing it at one of those rebels and cuts off their head <laughs> just because. Yeah. Why not? Because star Wars lets ca- decapitations go. And it doesn't matter. You could do it in a PG rating. <laughs> yeah, it, it cauterizes it. There's no blood. There's no blood. That's right. Um, unless it's episode four. But <laughs> anywho. <laughs> yeah, just on pot, only on certain alien species like Honda Baba. Um, let's go jump back to Star Wars and go into the Han Solo uh, and, and Santa Solo yeah. uh, situation. I. Uh, I guess it's it's really kind of interesting the liberties they take. And it's but like who is she? You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are like, oh it's it's uh Lando's sister or something like that, and then she keeps saying that she's his wife, he keeps denying it. And you know, you wanna love Han, he's a lovable scoundrel with a heart of gold, but you know, part of you is also like, well, does he have a wife? Because she keeps <laughs> saying it. Like she's not letting go of that fact. And then you got Leia in the background, like a scorned girl. I mean, she is a woman, she is a leader, but she's also like, well, I kind of like this guy. <laughs> and, you know, now it's like, well, what the fuck? Who's his wife situation? So, um, I do like that added element of like, what the fuck? Like, I think that was a, cool idea on Aaron's part. Well, I, 
I think it's just to kind of perpetuate the Han and Leia relationship um, in his comic. I, you know, it's going to end up that she really isn't his wife, maybe. Right. Um, but it's it's kind of it's the banter between Han and Leia that um, that everybody does, lo- you know, that most Star Wars fans love, uh, and that's you know ro- rooting back to uh, Empire Strikes Back, you know, trying to Jedi, all that, all that. Oh, that classic shit. Yeah, it's um. So I, it, you know, like I like it uh, overall, and um. So let's. So we kind of did both of those then. <laughs> well, they're they're so related, and then um, you know, we have you know, so Vader Down is coming out soon. Um, I think you know in November, which is it's just actually right around the corner, November eighteenth. <laughs> Um, which will, you know, there's going to be a one shot, um, and that's going to be written by Jesse and Aaron, uh, with, uh, with art by Mike, uh, Deodato. You know, we did an interview with him on don't forget to tell, don't forget to tell.com. And they teamed up before on original sin. Yes, they did. The Marvel crossover. I thought Vader down though, man, is more than a one shot. It is. It's, um, it's the beginning of the crossover between the star Wars and the Darth Vader ongoing. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I know a lot of uh, like my comic book shops around here say they're getting some exclusive covers done for it. Really? Um, one of the shops is actually having like a like an event for it, um, which I thought was really cool. Which I will have to probably attend and uh, get my hands sure? on it because it's you know the Vader comic has been. So freaking fantastic. Um, and, you know, Diodato's artwork is always great. Um, that was one of the things, like, early on, as far as the artwork goes, and uh, with John Cassidy with Star Wars, I I couldn't get behind it. I think we mentioned it a long time ago when we, mm. we first when they first introduced it. It's just that. And I know I've talked about it on Gourmet Scum Radio with my cousin. Where I was just like, I don't like the way that he draws lightsabers. And yet again, I might be being nitpicky, but it just looks weird. <laughs> like, it just wasn't doing it for me. And, and when Stuart Immelman, and I apologize, Stuart, if you ever listen to this podcast, <laughs> I murdered your name. But um, you can you can correct me. Or if any of you guys want to tweet us and correct us, um, yeah, I don't know how to say it but uh his artwork has definitely been an upgrade since uh he took over i think an issue six or seven it was after the obi-wan yeah i think obi-wan is six so but yeah it's been uh it's been good there and then the art we didn't mention the artist on um invader salvador la roca and uh been doing a fantastic job since the beginning, I just oh, I really like it. That artwork is beautiful. Yeah, it's good. Um, all right, so let's move on. Well, let's, let's talk with the next ongoing, um, the Canon comic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this one is it's probably my favorite of all of them. You don't have to agree, but I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I do, I do agree. 
Um, I love I love Jason Aaron, and I love what he's doing with the Star Wars, uh, you know, ongoing. But you know, this is this is the real surprise was that um, you know with Greg Wiseman, uh, Pepe Larraz, and Mark Brooks working on the uh, the Canon comic. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun because we love Rebels. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you don't obviously love it as much because you haven't even watched any of season two, oh, but. That's oh, the fall. Oh. Fall. <laughs> uh, but it's it's really cool to see the backstory of you know Caleb or Kanan, Caleb Boo, or uh, you know Kanan Jarrus uh, as you know, and even you know the latest one that just got started off, uh, you know, dealing with Master Bill Boba. Oh, I don't know how you say her name. I think just kind yeah. of learning learning her past and um, it's cool to see the different uh, backstories that they want to show uh, our favorite, you know, one of our favorite Jedi in uh, the Rebels cartoon. One of the only Jedi in the Rebels cartoon. For there's, a, there's Ahsoka. Yeah, there's Ahsoka now. But, there's, um, there's Ezra. There's Ezra, you know, Jedi in training. Um, Padawan. I, the, yeah, I think the reason why I like this one is it has uh, some of my favorite artwork um, since the beginning. Just it just looks very fun, super bright colors, really heavy lines, um, a little bit more of like a, a modern comic art art style, but it fits a lot because. You know, we don't know anything about Kanan's backstory. We get glimpses here and there about how he's supposedly the last Padawan in, um, you know, from that time period, from Revenge of the Sith. And just to see his development, because, like, the first arc, which I only thought it was only going to be one arc, was all about his past leading up into his time at Rebels. And now what's happening is that he's stuck in a Bakta tank getting worked on and he's having flashbacks to that time. So you're getting a mix of his time with Hera and Ezra and the rest of the crew on the ghost um, from Rebels, but also, like you said, his training. And now we're going into a brand new arc that just started on, what is this, issue nine of Kanan? Or eight? Um with his actual uh, Jedi master, I think it is Bill Loba or Bill Loba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keenan is on, Oh no, actually. So Keenan's only seven. on issue seven. That's yeah. the new arc. Yep. So yeah. And I, and I like all the characters. I like his, um, the person who taught him to be like a smuggler. I can't remember what that guy's name is. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. That that comic's a lot of fun, and now you know since they've you know they've finally jumped to the the, the present time and gave us some uh, rebel story. You know that's a really cool um, way to do it, and then kind of just dive back into the past. Um, so I'd like to see that that, that could just continue on the title, um, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, and 
Um, it's just a comic that could last for a very long time because, you know, even with, with rebels, it was, it, it still has that Disney touch to it. This gives you a little bit more of a dark touch. that you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a lot more violent. Um, and you know, I don't mind that time period, especially, uh, watching the clone Wars cartoon. Like I appreciate it a lot more and seeing, you know, uh, more of the Jedi training, more of the Jedi temple, like the new issue introduced, um, Obi-Wan and Yoda and Mace Windu into it. So it's kind of cool to see more familiar characters because you really weren't seeing a lot. It was all new characters for the most part in the comic. Uh, and it's nice to see their influence on him and, and how that changed him. So yeah, that comic is just, it's fun. Really, you know, it's cool to see like that uh, street rat turned <laughs> smuggler <laughs> story, that classic story. <laughs> True. It's like Aladdin in space. That's well, that's what I was saying. Yeah, street right. rat. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. You want to go on to Lando? Yeah, so what the uh, there's there's been some mini series um, since you know the beginning. Uh, the first one, um, you know, before we talk about Lando, let's just talk about Leia. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about Leia. Yeah, Leia was the first one that came out. Um, it came out, you know, Star Wars came out, then Vader, and then Leia came out, and um, that that was kind of like how we were introduced into the the new the new Marvel umbrella of Star Wars comics. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Leia was written by Mark Wade uh, with art by Terry Dodson. Yep. Um, and it was kind of met with mixed reviews. Um, I really feel that that Leia needs to be read as kind of a um, in, in trade format. You know, read the whole story at once um, because it. Some people just didn't really get on board at first. I liked it after. Um, the entire story was done because it, it, it kind of spoke to that, you know, uniting your, your, your people, um, after like this big disaster happened, uh, and just kind of, you know, giving more of a very strong woman presence to the, uh, the Star Wars universe. I did not like that comic at all. Um, I'm all for strong women presence in, in Star Wars. Absolutely. And I think Leia's obviously, since we really haven't met many women in Star Wars, uh, other than the expanded universe, which is gone, but you know, what they've been doing with like Sabine is awesome. Hera is like fantastic. Like that's one of my favorite characters now. Um, and introducing little, you know, like Biloba, like, we didn't really know much about her at all. So just like, uh, I like that they're doing more with the female characters. That being said, I, I did not like the artwork. I like Mark Wade a lot, but I actually hated the writing in it. I didn't think it sounded like Leia. Hmm. I, I just, I just want to say that I have an article that's been in drafts for at least three months that um, has the argument against strong, strong women, uh, you know, types in the uh, expanded universe of Star Wars. So. You're going to write about them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's called like the Hera. 
initiative or something like the that. The hair agenda. <laughs> yes. Um, someday you can find that. I don't forget at all. Yeah. But yeah, I mean like Mark Wade, he's doing Archie right now with Fiona Staples from saga. It's fucking fantastic. And I liked his stuff on daredevil and you know, he did stuff with, Electra in that series and like he I mean he knows how to write women there's nothing against that it's just that Leia to me it, it just wasn't that one like I know she's strong and I know she's independent and all that stuff but she was also a little whiny and I just was like this is not the Leia that I know and I, I didn't like it did you like Lando well, you want to get into Lando now? Did you like Lando? Oh, I, I said, do you want to get into it right now? Yeah, I thought that was kind of the next step. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I didn't let you smoothly transition <laughs> into that. Well, I'm not going to argue with you because I didn't think it, I didn't think Leia was a great comic. Yeah. Um, I thought that, you know, it it was a good story. And, you know, she brought her people together and was able to, you know, snuff out this and, you know, snuff out, snuff out this Imperial and, and fix the relationship and whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that um, she deserves a, a better story, but uh, maybe she'll mm-hmm. get that in the future. Um, well, yeah, we'll go into Lando, which is... Uh, so it's written by Charles Soule, uh, known for he just got off of the new Civil War from Secret Wars, and he did the Death of Wolverine, and um, artist Alex Maleev. So Lando's a little bit of a mixed bag, not only the character, but the comic <laughs> as well. Um, it is, I do like it. I don't like it as much as, like, I mean, I like it more than Leia, and we'll go through our final rankings at the end, but it's just, like, it just doesn't seem to know what it wants to be. Like, is it a comedy? Is it, like, a... Heist movie. Heist, yeah, like, and that's what it was pitched at originally months Mm -hmm. ago. Um, And, I, you know, that it is in there. Like, he steals the uh, Emperor's uh, ship in it. And, you know, there's like that in Lobot's and actually Lobot's one of my favorite characters in that comic, which is kind of funny. (laughs) Actually, actually, you know what it's, it's, and that's, and that's why I really actually respect this comic is that it explains why Lobot kind of acts the way he does in Empire Strikes Back. Right. And that's, and that's major myth building right there. Yeah. They give him like, um, so he is the human, but he's got the cybernetic enhancement headpiece thing. But if that thing is bad or goes awry, it starts messing with his, his mental capacities. And he kind of brings in a little bit more of a robotic or Android personality, which I thought was really cool. So yeah, like he's, he's probably my favorite part of that comic. Uh, Lando, you mean, he does sound like Lando. It does sound like Billy. We, D. Williams is delivering the lines. It's just that because of how maybe it will all flesh out at the end, I think it has one more issue, right? Or is it done? I just, uh, yeah, I just picked up issue five. Okay. Um, 
and that just came out for the time that we're recording it. It just came out yesterday uh, on the on the 28th. So I can't remember if it's five issues or eight issues, but I, I have a feeling that once it's done, um, it might make sense. But right now it's just kind of hard to, to oh, judge what are you doing. It's five issues. It just it is okay. So then we should have finished it. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. I loved. Oh, the end you of it. did finish it. Yeah, I finished it. Oh, so you thought it was great? Yeah, actually, I read issues two through five last night. Oh um, shit! Yeah, so actually, I I prefer doing it that way with miniseries, um, and it's it's a really neat comic that you know delves into like Sith lore um, and just. And just kind of like a, it ends up being like a survival comic at the end. Okay. If was you, it a if satisfying you, ending? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually really liked the comic, the whole series. Yeah, I have it. I just I haven't had a chance to read it. Um, yeah, it's great. It's really good. Okay. Well, I will. I think that's the way to go. Like you said, with those things, is just to read them all at once, and then you don't have to be waiting to see if they're going to explain it. Um, maybe that's what I should have done, but of course I read them all sporadically, but, uh, either way, man, you just gotta look, it's, it's one way you look forward to the next comic or you just read them all at the same time. Exactly. Hmm. All right. So let's go on to the other mini series, which just recently started, uh, which is Chewbacca. What a Wookiee. What a something. Uh, you like it? So far, I do not. There's only been two issues. I do. <laughs> okay. I think it's light. Um, it's it's completely different from everything else that that they're doing right now. Um, and it, it, it it's funny because like the way they start it, he the way he looks at himself, they kind of that's what they that's what they give you. It's like how he destroyed the how he destroyed the Death Star. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. It's it's just like like he he feels that he's a hero, and he is, you know. And he is. Right. Um, so it's just he he's like laying in this like patch of flowers. He crashed an A wing, and now he's just going to help this kid, and he's just going to like kick a bunch of ass. It's it's just a very it's a light comic booky fun time. And I, I, it's just a nice little fun side story in the Star Wars universe. Oh, this time when Chewbacca just went in and fucked things up for, you know, to help this kid. <laughs> I'm going to wait and I'll read it all because I do like Chewbacca as a character. I thought that there was some, you know, I guess cute aspects of, of him like you said, like a little bit from his perspective, but once you got out of that and you have this kid who I think is extremely annoying and you have him asking Chewbacca to do this stuff and then Chewbacca just responding back, you know, like how he does, but not with subtitles. I was like, fuck this. Like, I don't care about this little kid what he's asking Chewbacca to do when he doesn't have any reason um, to do it. I, I'm pretty sure it's a girl. I just said kid. I didn't make it specific to gender. 
except you said him like five times. But um, at the same time, I I I can kind of see the uh, the the perspective of of this girl and that she can't understand him. So you're like kind of frustrated at the comic because you can't understand what he's saying either. So you have to kind of play the part of of this kid throughout the comic, but you kind of start to understand the body language of how, of what Chewbacca's trying to get across. And I think that kind of speaks for the art and the comic itself. The art was good. The art's Phil Noto, who's, who's been doing consistent work for a long time. Um, it's written by Jerry Dugan or Jerry Duggan, um, who recently has been doing Deadpool, which I really like his Deadpool a lot. Uh, you know, when the idea of the Chewbacca comic, you know, when they announced it, I was like, well, what are they going to do? Because he doesn't talk, quote unquote, like we do. Um, yet Han obviously has some way of understanding him. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what I expected. I guess I didn't expect much, but I just, I will finish it all and then I will judge it from then. Just so far what I've read I didn't care about the little girl's dilemma, but I have liked Chewbacca showing up in everything else. Like issue two of Star Wars when he's like fucking shit up against stormtroopers and I think he took down an AT ST or something. I can't remember, but that was awesome. Yeah. You gotta have respect for the Wookiee. Always. Um I, I want to actually save the next one for last, and I want to skip to C-3PO, if that's cool. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Uh, uh, so, yeah, so yeah. Uh, we have an upcoming uh, one-shot. The uh, the very I think it's the first one-shot besides the, uh, the Vader Down one that will be uh, introducing that crossover. But um, James Robinson will be writing the story of how C-3PO got his red arm. Uh, and art will be by Tony Harris. Um, but I think it's going to be neat to kind of see the, this just quick story. And there's no need for more than one issue. Um, you know, it's just going to be, I, I think it'll be lighthearted and just like funny. It could be extremely dark too. <laughs> it could be. It could be. Well, but let's- James Robinson, I, I I don't know. I think it'll be I think it'll be a lighter story. I'm thinking that it's red. The other things that we've seen red so far have been related to um, the First Order. Maybe he got captured. You know what I mean? And and they threw a tinge of red on him because they're they're doing it with their Tie Fighters. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, just to stamp them. It's probably something related to that somehow. Um, They branded him. If if this comic wasn't pretty much directly tying into The Force Awakens, I probably wouldn't care. I would still read it because it's Star Wars, but (laughs) C-3PO is a fucking annoyance. So uh, he's not a Jar Jar Binks, not in the least. Um, but out of all the characters of Star Wars, he's definitely my least favorite. All right, so Chris, what did you think, or yeah, it just ended, so what did you think of Journey to the Force Awakens, colon, Shattered Empire? Amazing. I, 
that I mean, I that's I was just gonna, that's what I thought when I just kind of sat there when it ended. Um, I guess let's let's start from the beginning of this comic. It it starts right off at the uh, the end of Return of the Jedi. Um, immediately, immediately. I mean, it's it, it it introduces new pilot, and she uh, she ends Shara up, Bay. Shara Bay. There you go. Um, they go as far as saying that she was in communication with Luke Skywalker as he was flying the shuttle out of the Death Star with you know the body of Darth Vader on it, um, and you know became his escort. Uh, so they really start to tie it into the events that you're very familiar with. Yep. Uh, so that's that's instantly stitching your your Star Wars love into this new uh this new this new telling of what is happening after after your your you know your well known favorite events. Yeah. It's uh you know you go to Endor, um they're you know hitting the stormtrooper helmets, yub yub I'm saying it's yub yub. And um it is not the it other is, music. It's it yub is yub yub. And uh so you get Shara Bay who hasn't seen her husband who's been on the ground troops on Endor. Um and they, they actually have like a PG thirteen Batman versus Superman rating of sensuality um <laughs> kind of moment where you're assuming because the the man's last name is Dameron and I can't remember his first name. Um this is this is Poe Dameron's parents right here. Which also makes us know that Poe Dameron's thirty years old or twenty nine years old or you know what I mean? I, what is it, thirty three years after Return of the Jedi Force Awakens? It's it's like thirty years, but yeah. I, I still have the feeling that that Poe's already born because they they talk about him. Did they? Mm-hmm. They mention huh. her her boy and she says, Oh okay. yeah, so it's I, no no, I, I understand completely what you say because um I thought the same thing until I read that um in the, it's like issue two. Um that uh, that Poe's already born because not that much time is occurs during these four comics at all. And they actually throw you it they throw it them at you in quick succession every week. <laughs> this one I would say is the most beautiful of all of them. Even though I do like the stuff from Kanan, like I just think it's gorgeous, the whole freaking comic. Yeah, the panels really just open up. And I I'm I'm gonna say that it's probably one of my favorite comics to look at in a long time. You know, Star Wars or not, you know, superhero, indie, whatever. It's it's beautifully drawn, and it 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 just really helps tell a story. Yeah, it's um in the first issue, it's a good introduction to the characters, but going issues two through four, things just escalate, and the the panels get more and more like filled with things. So the second one, um, you go to Mister Dameron. Um, he's with Han. Um, they're going to clean up more of the uh, the rebel bases who haven't quite heard that the second Death Star is blown up or 
there's a contingency plan that the emperor put in place. You know, not everybody knows that the emperor is dead or Vader is dead, that the empire has quote unquote fallen. And I think that's another thing that's really going to hearken back in the force awakens is, you know, Han says the stories are true. Everything, you know, is true. Blah, blah, blah. Um, go on. I'm going to go off on a rant. Go on. <laughs> no, no, but you're right. Because the, it's an, it's an overarching theme between, Shadow Empire, Aftermath, and Uprising. Oh. All these all these different things that, you know, we're in a multimedia event that is the journey to The Force Awakens. Yeah, I keep forgetting I'm playing Star Wars Uprising at the same time, too. Right. Um, and you're right. That's, you know, there's a lot of talk in that video game about how they're trying to keep it on the low that the Emperor has died. And that everybody knows about it. And the galaxy is a big place. You know what I mean? So there's going to be other places that don't even know about him passing away. But in the comic, in the comic, um, you, you got the ground troops fighting. And it's a little bit more, you know, you get Han there and he's with them. And then you also have Shara Bay back up in space and uh, doing more fighting up there. And, like, that comic is more just action, like, fast-paced, like, really beautiful panels throughout the entire thing. I really like that second comic a lot. And it's, and it's interesting how it touches on each of the main characters from the yes. Star Wars universe, how, you know, she crosses over with Lando and then Leia and Han and Luke. And it's, it's, it's really what everybody wants to see, but it's, it's creating this whole new, um, this whole new generation, you know, with, with her being connected to Poe that his mother you know, was able to do all these great things for the rebellion and and the new republic. Exactly. Uh, I mean, both the parents seem very influential as to what their part played in the rebellion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so let's go into issue three, where she's tasked by Leia right to be her pilot. Like she's mm-hmm. like, I'm done. I just want to be with my husband and kid and raise a family. I, you know, I deserve to kind of do it. Like she says, she doesn't actually say that she's more thinking that because she knows that she'll do anything for the rebellion, but yeah, she's a good soldier. Yeah, she is. And, uh, Leia's like, well, I, I, you know, I heard what you did and I want you to be my pilot. And she takes her, I can't remember where some, a diplomatic mission. <laughs> Naboo. Oh yeah, 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 to Naboo, um, which is cool because I, you know, they've done it. They had to go to Naboo in, uh, actually, they had to go to Naboo Invader as well uh, recently, which was cool. And they mentioned Padme, so well, that was a kind of a more fucked up situation. That was a very <laughs> fucked up situation, and that some guy got tortured <laughs> at Naboo. But um, anywho, so Shara Bay you know, they're influencing a piece of Leia. But issue four, for me, all all bets gone. <laughs> and the end of that comic, I, I frantically texted Chris to make sure that he read it before we talked tonight. So what happens at issue four? Well, she teams up with Luke Skywalker. Yes. And let's just say that this Luke Skywalker 
is ultimate badass Luke Skywalker. This isn't Luke Skywalker Jedi. I mean, I guess you can see a little bit of him, what he did on uh, Jabba's uh, cargo barge. But, like, this is, like, Luke Skywalker pure Anakin style. Um, I just I, I do want to draw a parallel to the expanded universe where in Dark Empire, which was the first real step into um, the expanded universe, he, the, you know, everything, the whole the whole chaos of the Empire ending had come to Coruscant and he was there and he he like there was a Star Destroyer falling down and he like brought the Star Destroyer down with the force um, and. <laughs> That that kind of demonstration of power was just like right at like that kind of stuff happened right after like Return of the Jedi and um, I guess you know being an expanding universe fan and and wanting to see Luke Skywalker very very badly in this new canon um, which we've seen very little of besides like say heir to the Jedi where you know and in the comics where he was younger. But we haven't seen where, where he's reached, and this in the Shadow Empire, you know, that's the first, that's the first post Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker we've seen. Exactly, and like that, that was one thing that, not to say I didn't love it, like they're so what they're doing is, and this is actually another thing I want to bring up about Force Awakens. So we haven't seen anything with Luke in Force Awakens. The only thing that we've seen or heard is his voice, and we've seen his robot hand touching uh, R2, right? Mm -hmm. In what could be a campfire, what some people think is Mustafar, whatever. I think it's probably just a campfire. Exactly. This This is what I'm thinking. He's touching the astromech, and we know that R2 in the past has been sought to go find Obi-Wan and Kenobi, right? In this comic, he sends uh, R2 to go find him a pilot. And he doesn't tell who to find, but R2 finds his pilot. Will we see Luke Skywalker send R2 to then go find Leia or Han or a Jedi? Who knows what the fuck in Force Awakens? That's one parallel. Well, I uh, the parallel that I, I draw is BB-8, I guess, um, because there's there's a Finding lot of Ray. Yeah, that's that's what I just see. Our, I I don't think R two and C three are going to play huge roles in this movie. They're going to be the the common uh, the character between all the movies. But BB-8 really I see as kind of the the parallel between A New Hope and this new movie. Just like Jakku is Tatooine, just like Ray is Luke, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of parallels you can draw between these mo- these two movies. But I don't want to do too much of that before I watch the movie itself. Um, I'm not so. saying like I get that there's going to be parallels in like situations and even themes and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying That's I think it's cool. very yeah, like if R two's already been doing those things like finding people and, and stuff like that. Like maybe we'll see something like that happen in force weekends. Anywho, maybe him and BB-8 are best friends. Possibly. I could only imagine. Um, 
so we see Luke, he finds, well, R2 finds this pilot and he says, I need you to go to this hidden, uh, empire base that's holding Jedi relics, I guess. Um, and when they go there to infiltrate the base, Luke is like flinging mountains of stormtroopers, <laughs> like wielding his lightsaber, like crazy, like he's just jumping, like force jumping, like he's freaking insanely badass through the entire thing. And he keeps his cloak on the whole time, which is cool. <laughs> Bring it on. I, but still, somebody who has zero, well, not zero, but very little Jedi training, I thought that was like, okay, sure, I don't care because it's awesome, but okay. Um, I'm just being nitpicky at that point. Anywho, so what they go to find and what they do find are two trees. These trees are Sith relics that were kept at the Jedi Temple. So they're Force-sensitive trees that are Sith relics. Luke keeps one. And he gives the other one to Shara, Shara Bay and her husband. They plant it at the end of the comic in their yard. So my mind goes to little Poe is running around a Sith relic that has Jedi or whatever Force-sensitive powers. The shot that's in the trailer goes to a shot of... I can't remember exactly what it was. It was like something, or maybe it was like Harrison Ford talking about how it's all real, the Jedi, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes immediately to a shot of Poe. And it's like, is that something? Does Poe have force powers? It goes it goes right to Poe and he's being tortured by, it by does, Kylo Ren. Right. But is he getting tortured because he's like, yo, you have my tree at your house. Yeah. Give me my my shrub back, please. Give me my shrub back. Um, And then Luke, is he growing this tree around and and putting a a Jedi temple around it? Like, why the fuck would you throw these two random-ass trees in a four-issue miniseries two months called Journey to the Force Awakens in this comic? I... I can't can't really explain the whole poetry thing, and I'm really hoping that there's some major repercussions from that, but we can, we can definitely draw some parallels to where Luke planted the other tree on Yavin four. Uh, so, you know, the original, like in, in the EU, um, he built the, the new Jedi order from, you know, the new temple on Yavin. Um, and a lot of, a lot of the mythology happened there. So, um, it's interesting to see that, that one of the trees that the forest trees uh, that were the Jedi temple is actually ending up on Yavin four. Yeah. A, um, it's going to be, I think that right there has been the biggest, like, Hey, we're going to see this in, in the upcoming film. Like it might not mean anything to somebody who's watching the movie as a casual moviegoer and uh, doesn't read the comic. But I think to us and to you listeners, you're all going to be like, okay, let's see these trees. 
<laughs> you know, what, what, how does this play into? We might, I don't think, we might not even see it to like episode eight. We might not see it till episode eight. I just think it's like, why even introduce it if it doesn't have something to do with it? Myth building. You don't myth build in the randomness of the entire comic arc having to deal with getting those trees back. You do when it has to do with Luke rebuilding the Jedi Order by the end of episode seven. Well, I'm saying like myth building would be like, or myth building would be like, um, saying, oh, hey, there's a dude who's like scary and he had a staff, blah, blah, blah. Maybe we'll see that guy. I'm saying like, this is pretty, I think this is going to be like an obvious thing. I, I think. I don't, we don't know shit. Myth building. So, getting you excited. Myth building. Let's go to our five questions that we have on these, okay? And that's how we'll uh, we'll wrap up the episode today. Question number one. What is. I'm not going to go to the first one that we have on here. I'm going to say, who's your favorite writer of all of these? Um, I'm going to have to say um, Jason Aaron. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love I love what Jason Aaron's been doing in you know in all his comics. I've become a big fan of his in you know in recent years. Um, but I, I really find that the whole Star Wars aren't going to be a lot of fun. All right, mine's going to be Kieran Gillen. Um, I think it's the most true to the character and the issue, I mean, I know Aaron had a part of it, but the issue where the, the timeline was exactly the same and like Vader's looking out that window and it's starting to shatter. And I was like, this is fucking insane. Like this is Vader. Like this is star Wars. I had goosebumps when I read it and it was just a, it was a cool scene. It, it spoke back to the prequels. It spoke back to the original trilogy. That right there sold it for me. So that's a, that's my favorite one. That's a good one. All right. Favorite artist. Favorite artist is, um, I guess in Canaan, uh, Pepe Larez or just okay. Mark Brooks. Yeah. I, I actually, I will agree with that. It's just the most fun. Um, Shattered Empire, if it was an ongoing, probably would be it. Because uh, it is absolutely beautiful. Um, but just consistent, fun from the start, I would definitely go with those two for uh, the Canaan book. All right. So let's say your favorite series overall. I'm going to go with... Um I'm going to go with Vader. I, I'm a huge Vader fan. I love, you know, Darth Vader is my favorite Star Wars character. Um, just Anakin, Darth Vader. No, even Anakin. Okay. I love, I love the Clone Wars, man. The Clone Wars Anakin is my favorite representation of the character, um, besides Darth Vader. But, um, I'm really glad that that cartoon exists because, I had I had a lot of problems with the prequels, um, and just you know, I you know whatever we we all have our own expectations, but um, the Clone Wars really did really 
awesome justice to the character. Um, and really, uh, with the new character, with the new comic, the same thing, it does justice to the character at the same time. It, it has these, this whole like ragtag band of weird tag alongs that he employs and just like gives the, the comic this edge of comedy that it really does need like dark comedy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm going to agree uh, with that as well. And, you know, the same, same reasons. It's just, <laughs> I really like Dr. Afra. I really like, what is it? Triple zero, the mm-hmm. protocol droid, um, horrible sense of humor, hilarious. Uh, I like that Vader is just cold and, and calculating and, but he does have a heart. I mean, he does remember, his old Padawan. He does remember his wife, you know what I mean? And, and some of his times as being a Jedi. So I, I think that that comic is doing the best justice to the characters. Um, well, you, you can really, you can line up with dark, the, you know, Lord of the Sith as well, because yes, it, it, it does match up the character very well between those two, um, you know, um, formats. Yeah. I, um, I'm curious if him and, or yeah, James Lucino, I think it is, uh, spoke with Kieran Gillen and like, was like, this is how we're going to make this character come back and be cool again. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So which of these is the best addition to the overall canon as, as it is now? Um, oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, Shattered Empire. Yeah. Damn. Uh, I mean, come on. It. The problem. The problem that I have with I, I I don't have a problem with aftermath. The only thing is that it, it it spends a lot of time on developing new characters in the Star Wars universe, which is fine, and it's a really cool book and does give you some of the. It kind of does allude to when we're going to get to like some main characters, but this comic. Just like it takes a very, very now we know influential character and who is Poe's mother, and she just runs the gambit with all the most popular Star Wars characters, and she has like this influential thing in each story. My favorite was the one where they were on Naboo and those freaking storms created by satellites and a star destroyer. That remind me so much of like um, the world devastators from like Dark Empire, and just the crazy shit that the Empire does, like with these super weapons that they can just destroy an entire planet. And you know, they just stood up and just battled it out. And it was just like it was each character at its you know at its raw, um, you know, th- its most raw characteristics, and um, it really just touched on each you know, how you knew each character. Yeah. I think it, um, I think it's why this movie is probably the most anticipated movie of all time, at least for us. Um, it's because we've been wanting to see what happens and it's why the Zahn novels were so popular because what happens to these characters and shattered empire, even though it was, you know, 
short and even though it mostly focused on a different character who probably will influence uh the future movies it's a good bridge you know it's it's what we wanted um from shadows of the empire so it's just uh i think it does the best justice to the overall canon and what we're going to expect in the future so uh let's let's close it out with the final question here who in the star wars universe deserves their own comic all right i have a top, i have a top three <laughs> okay um number three is sabine um okay i really want to there's gonna be some um major uh backstory this this season rebels um her being part of you know um a certain sect of the mandalorian uh past that has to deal with clone wars yeah yeah. um so i don't want to spoil too much of that but i do want to see more you know in regards to this character because everybody loves this everybody loves a mandalorian and i really sabine because she got that uh that fan vote for uh, the the hasbro action figure right um my next up would be uh Qui-Gon Jinn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um just because I love ne- Liam Neeson. That's yeah. it. That's, uh, cool. that's it. Um and then the, the the number one the number one thing would be um I would like to see the uh the further ventures of um you know the Max Rebo band. <laughs> if you ask, they will make it. Probably. Probably. That's what I'm looking um, for. It's curious you didn't say Boba Fett. I'm sure. No, actually, that's, 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 that's my real answer. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm really actually, I'm actually really anxious about um, seeing when they will bring the character Boba Fett back in. There's been a lot of rumors a lot of like speculation. There's like this man, like people see this Mandalorian in the new trailer next to Kylo Ren. Um, there's word that, Oh, I don't think that's actually, I, I don't think that's a Mandalorian at all. Um, there's, there's, there's something that happens in aftermath that kind of could allude to a change in certain, certain things for Boba Fett. So, um, I just, I just really wonder when there's also there's also those idiots online that are like, oh well, Boba Fett's in um, Battlefront and uh, Battlefront's canon, right? Da, da, da. But you know what? I mean, just come on. Right. Um, when are they going to introduce the character back into canon? And that's that's probably the char- you know, that's the, that's the thing that's on the tip of everybody's tongue. Um, that is definitely not mine. I. I like Boba Fett, absolutely, but more from an aesthetic purpose. Um, reading, what is it, Tales of the Bounty Hunter, I think it was, back in the day, uh, that helped a lot. But overall... Dark, Dark Empire. Dark Empire, yeah. Overall, the character, without the expanded universe, is not much of a character, in my opinion. So you can extrapolate a lot of things, but based off the movies alone, I don't care. I don't need it. His dad went down like a punk. He's a little bitch. 
in Clone Wars. I don't care. I'm, I'm mildly curious to see how he became bounty hunter, but he's walking in his dad's footsteps. So not really. He also hangs out with a bunch of bounty hunters. Have you read dark disciple yet? No, I did not. Is he in there? You got to read it. (laughs) All right. Um, so no, if I, if you know who I actually would want to see is Jabba the Hutt. I want to see like some Jabba stories. How is he like, I mean, he's got to be smart. Like, how else does he amass that amount of people around him, including the Max Rebo band? How uh, does he get his own band? Um, so that those stories, uh, Tales from Jabba's Palace, or even just Jabba himself, I would be all about reading that comic. <laughs> I think it would be cool. That was one of my favorite like uh, expanding universe books, was Tales mm-hmm. from Jabba's Palace. It would be neat because every time you see Jabba when he's introduced in the comics or in the other books, he's always um, an interesting character. And I think if you play the comic or whatever or book, like a crime novel, you know what I mean? Like a rise to power, a, a good fellow's godfather. Like, I think it could be pretty fucking cool. So um, that's my vote for that. So. <laughs> We'll see what happens. That's good. Um, yeah. All right. So let's tell the people where they can find us. In a galaxy far, far away. Um, also, otherwise known as, don't forget to tell <laughs> uh, You can find us on our Facebook page. Uh, I think it's don't forget to tell one, but if you just look, you'll find us there. Uh, we are on the Twitter and Instagram at dfattowel. Um, and if you want to uh, email us, any show ideas, or you want to participate in, I think by the time you guys hear this, we're going to still be running our uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mini Mates contest. Um, we're doing a collaboration with Diamond Select Toys, giving away a bunch of uh, the Mini Mates that they produce for the season, well, series two Mini Mates. Um, season four of Turtles is on Nickelodeon right now, so we're deciding to uh, to give away some stuff. So easy contest to participate in. Uh, go to the website. You can check out the banner for that, learn more about that. Uh, but if you email us at don't forget to tell one at gmail.com, uh, you can also participate and, you know, interact with us there. Uh, what else do you got, Chris? Um, check out our brother podcasts, uh, Gourmet Scum Radio, uh, Those Geeks You Know, The Brewalist. And I think that's it. We also do pseudoplastic undertale light talk, uh, which we got to get back to it. But you guys probably heard all the commercials there and uh, want to know more. So just go to Don't Forget to Tell to learn about that. So this is all I got. And I, I'm going to sign out by saying, um, what the hell are these Force-sensitive trees? <laughs> and this is, yeah. And please, may the Force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>